Hey everybody, this week's episode of That's the Issue is sponsored by Shroud Media. We really should have like like that uh interspersal music that Monty Python used that Monty Python used in between things like Welcome to your doom. Hello everybody and welcome to That's The Issue, the comic book podcast that talks about the issues important to you. My name is Matt Loon and with me as always is my co-host Wes Messer. Wes, how are you doing this evening? I am pretty dang good. Myself, how about you Matt? Yeah, I'm good. Um, although we uh, we start the show off with a little bit of sad news. Um, just before we started recording, uh, we heard about the death of Len Wein, and the uh, comic book writer and editor, uh, as well as um, TV writer as well. Um, he's uh, worked for Marvel, he worked for DC for, for many, many years, um, and he's, uh, he's just uh, been announced that he's died at the age of 69. Um, he is... He's... You know, throughout comics, um, if you're not familiar with the name, you'd be familiar with his work. Um, he co-created Wolverine. Um, he co-created Swamp Thing uh, with Bernie Wrightson. Um, he um, wrote the X-Men, Giant Size X-Men number one, uh, which was the you know the birth of new X-Men, basically the birth of the X-Men as as you know them. You know, he wrote. Uh, he, you know, co you know, co-created the the team that is. Uh, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and uh-huh. um, you know, and it's uh, you know that sparked a whole new generation of of, of X Men stories, really, from uh, from Chris Claremont and, and John Byrne for a while. Um, so he's um, you know this massive, massive comics presence. Um, he's um, he edited the Watchmen. Um, yep. He edited Watchmen for uh, for DC Comics. Um, and just you know, wrote everything that you know had had his had a part in you know in in writing and and editing every pretty much every superhero uh, you've heard of uh, throughout the seventies. Stuff, it's unreal. Yeah, he, um, he created uh, Lucius Fox, uh, Batman's um, wow Batman's supporting character. I did not that, know uh, that. Um, That's cool. So, loads of things really, really cool. um there's some um famous comics creators on um on twitter that have been uh, reaching out um mm. and not just um not just comics creators as well hugh jackman um wrote um blessed to have known len ween i first met him in 2008 i told him from his heart mind and hands came the greatest character in comics um, Joss Whedon has put co-created Wolverine and the new X-Men co-kickstarted the modern comic book era with its most powerful metaphor and more R.I.P. Len Wein um, and Kevin Smith put R.I.P. to comic book legend Len Wein co-creator of not only Wolverine but also one of my favourite characters of all time the Swamp Thing so you know, a lot of people reaching out about him um, and you were talking about before the show started that you just um, you're going to start reading Blue Beetle that yeah I got I I've had it's kind of weird. I had this entire Blue Beetle run just chilling on my in my collection. I've been always meaning to read it, and now I'm like, well, you know what? Okay, Len, for you, my friend, for you, a creator that inspired that I've probably read 
a decent bit of your stuff and a lot of stuff that you've created that a lot of probably there's a beyond amazing work. I'm like, okay, it's time to dive into this run and get this and, and read it just kind of like a, kind of like my own way to tribute the dude is just go through and read it and yeah. dive into it a bit because he, I think it's interesting because I mean, it's like Len, like when Len did like a freaking, like he edited Watchmen. Holy mm. crap! And it and Neil Gaiman said he was responsible. Like, and did you see why uh, Neil Gaiman? What did he put? He put in. Hang on, I have to actually look it up really fast. So, but Neil posted a thing saying that that he actually like one of his first people he interacted with was in the U.S. was a he. Like, yeah, Len Wein was the editor that who brought the British creators to DC. Right, right. And he said he was one of the nicest people I've met in 30 years of comics. Mm. And so, I mean, so yeah, that, so if you guys ever realized one of it, one of the more interesting periods of DC when, when he started bringing all the British creators to DC comics, I mean, one of the more unique period, like really started like an interesting period in DC. Like that was Len. Len mm. did an amazing thing there and just, unleashing that new wave of talent i mean he he was like pretty like because the 80s is one of the like how much of like 80s dc have you read matt not a great deal um i've read like um i've read bits and bobs um like here and there but um i've not read a significant portion of work i've not read that blue beetle run i haven't read the book but i've read like a lot of like just league international justice league of like, especially like the mid to late eighties. Yeah. Like, Len did a lot. Len Wayne did a lot of work in. And by the way, if Matt and I mess up his last name at all, we got the exact pronunciation. Please let us know. We actually yeah. were going back and forth on making sure we didn't mess up the pronouncing pronunciation of his last name, but mm. we we're really making sure we did not mess that up. But I digress a minute. But yeah, I mean. He was one of those people that was part of that period of DC that brought a level of, like, this just unique flair to it that reads very well still today. I mean, that's what's interesting about it at that late eight, that late eighties period of DC. It's still late eighties into about the early nineties DC. It still reads very well today. Hmm. Like some some of the pop cultural aspects get a little bit dated, but outside that, no, it reads really well and. Len was part of that. I mean, like, like I said, freaking editing Watchmen. I mean, your thoughts on Watchmen aside, I mean, he brought, like, he was one of the people that brought that, like, helped edit that and yeah. and helped shape that. So well, one thing I did read of his um, recently, uh, and that was um, DC 80s with Legends, the, um, oh, yeah. the miniseries, which uh, he, you know, co-wrote with John Ostrander. But mm-hmm. um, but that's a that's a great story, really good. Um, it kind of introduces the new gods in a kind of a a more grounded way. Um, like Kirby's new gods, he kind of introduced there. Not well, not introduced, but kind of brought um, you know the idea of um, of glorious Godfrey being kind of a you know, a televangelist figure. He kind of played into that role mm-hmm. of. Um, of uh, of glorious godfrey in a way that was quite scary you know and and relevant for today you know modern era of um 
you know kind of celebrity in politics and things like that and exactly it was, it was fascinating it's fascinating to read about you know the superheroes giving up being superheroes because that was the will of the people and it's an interesting you know it's, it's interesting concept interesting story done in done in a good way like a kind of a big dc event like the biggest dc event after crisis on infidel earths which you know he also had a hand in um brought brought the modern yeah i mean he had a hand in crisis on infinite earths he had a hand in legends and also legends is like is it he helped re like he helped and re like revamp a lot of these concepts that were like in and around dc and just kind of made them work in like the late eighties mm. and like, seriously, Matt, you're probably, if you ever do a deep dive in the late eighties, DC, it is a ride. <laughs> I am and determined to. Yeah. I think that's going to be, that'd probably be the era of, of DC that I'd probably get most kick out of. Like just like, after. Yeah. Just post crisis stuff like Man of Steel, like Wally West flash, um, Batman and the outsiders, uh, like suicide squad, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah I, was, I, 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 mean, I started reading Legends because I wanted to get into um, Justice League International and um, and Ostrander Suicide Squad, which they both like directly lead off Legends. Um, but it's one of those things where you know I don't know if you've ever done that with comics where you read something because you want to read something else, and then you end up reading the one the the first thing, and then just never get around to carrying on with what you were going to read but uh, i've done it yeah it's it's always the way i always, I always yeah, i've done some like it's really weird you're like thinking yeah i just want to read the first thing and read like i if it's like because you know the you know it's interesting and i've done because i've done that stuff like i've like i want to read this thing but then i end up reading the other thing yeah outside of the first thing i was going to read because i and then but I don't know, it, it is interesting when you get into your reading and you start going to these weird deep dives and you're just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to start in this, this, and this order. And then like, whoops. Yeah. Like, yeah. What I mean, I do. If, um, if DC it, ever did like an be, unlimited, unlimited service, like that would be the, the rabbit hole you'd fall down because, you know, there are good jumping on points in comics, but there's, oh, there's always something that came before it, you know? So that would be, there's always, you, know, like, the, you can keep going further and further down the rabbit hole. Like right now, like soon they're going to be released. Like uh, DC has coming up in October, they're going to have a, a run. Of, they're going to be collecting Volume One of the JLI in and in a massive omnibus. Oh really? Oh yeah. That'd be interesting. Because I, because I remember in my comic days back in it was like back in like late late nineties around late nineties early thousands. I actually hunted down a good chunk of the JLI run. Oh, that's like, cool. All over, like, I was just hunting that run that's down. That's a good run to collect. And that was, and that was when it was really easy. It is still, it's actually still really easy to collect even on its own. Like, a lot of it's been out of print for a long time, so that's why mm. with this omnibus right now, it's going to be really neat to see. Yeah. So, I think, I think it's like, wow, that's a rabbit hole. And, and that, and that's going to be a really cool thing because some people have been like, wow, I'd love to get my hands on some of this. And it's like, well, this would probably be one of the easiest ways to do it right now. Now you can. And, and there you go. And also, also a neat thing, and also Matt mentioned about, about Len is his, um, his Legends run is, that Legend story is fully collected. Mm, it is, yes. A lot of his stuff, a lot of his stuff is collected. Yeah. Like, he did, um, DC Legacies. And, DC, yeah, DC Legacies, that's, um, 
that's something that I've recently got. I've not read it yet, but um, I've got that Me neither. hardcover I, of it. I, I, ha- I got it, and yeah, I mean, and that's, and you can find that. It's really, and that's also, it's collected. It's easy to get your hands on, also really reasonable to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. And and it's, I mean, that's the thing, and then he just, he just recently did a run of Swamp Thing, too. Like a limited series, not that long ago. Oh, right, okay. I'll have to look into that as well because I've not read not that long. It was not that of, long now. Um, I've not read near enough of uh, Swamp Thing as I should have done. Uh me neither, man. It's yeah. like, it, it, dear Lord, Matt, you realize we're we're sort of like admitting like our reading holes. Oh you know? no, we could. We, I mean, that... we've admitted our reading holes so many times <laughs> on this show so far, and it's yeah. like, how many reading holes do Matt and I have? Probably a lot. A lot, a hell of a lot. Yeah, a lot of reading holes, and I, I think. It, here's my advice to you guys: If you have you ever really Len Wayne's work, take a time, take the time. Like, like I said, I'm diving through Blue Beetle Run because I've been wanting to read that because I'm like, dude, I should. I mm. I really want to. I've been wanting to do it for ages. And now, like, perfect. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Well, this is the perfect Fine. way to honor him, really. And, to, and, to read the comics that he wrote. Read some. Go dive into his comics series. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, go through it. Find some something his. You've like. Like, I think maybe you like going, you know, I wouldn't mind reading that. Mm. Or maybe it's like, take the time to discover his stuff. Run, um, was his Blue Beetle run the uh, uh, Jaime Reyes run? Or was it no, no, it was uh, Ted Court. Ted Court, yeah. It was in June. It, it started in, well, the, the date on my issue is June 86. I actually have the issue in front of me because I was actually reading it before the podcast. So, and it was, yeah, it, and it's, I, I'm not sure if it's fully collected yet. I know you can get I know you can get it on Comixology. Right. Okay, so yeah. So I know you can get it on Comixology. But I know but I know it's not I'm not sure if it's got an official trade release or not off the top of here. But yeah, his run his run on Blue Beetle is the Ted Court edition because it was right when they were right 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 in the midst of getting all that stuff reestablished in the midst of like JLI and all. So they were getting like Oh yeah, it is. Oh cool. His his Blue Beetle run is collected. Oh brilliant. Um, it's in it. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure if it's in official print anymore, but it is. You can write as like it's on Amazon. Brilliant. Showcase presents Blue Beetle. It was in the black and white line. So yeah, if you guys want to get your hands on that, it, it's out there. Yeah, absolutely. it's still it's still pretty easy to get your hands on. Yeah, so. definitely. Well, if you start doing um, you know, doing deep dive into it i'll um i'll read along with you because that's uh that's a book that's uh I will, that's I, a blind spot for me so i did not know i i wasn't sure if it was in a printout because i and also you guys can get um let's see and you guys are tales of the batman he did it they did a tales of the batman for dc with him back in 2014 mm-hmm. um just released to let's see mm-hmm. there's a bunch of yep the swamp thing the dead don't sleep that was the one they just released recently that dc did so yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff of his out there. I mean, there and oh, and even cool, and even cooler, they're actually releasing Swamp Thing, the Bron, the Bron Age omnibus. Oh wow! So that's in October, and that's coming out soon. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, that you guys and he even wrote, he even wrote a little bit for uh, Before Watchmen. Yeah, I think he had um, a hand in editing um, a lot of uh, Before Watchmen because uh, he, he wrote the. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I think he. I think he wrote the. 
I know you were. I think you were either. I think you were the Crimson Corsair. I think it's either the. I am trying to remember. Oh, Oz, he wrote Ozymandias. Ah. He wrote the Ozymandias story for uh, Jay Lee. Ah, see, I I've heard obviously you know um, mixed things about before Watchmen, but I do really want to read them. I do want to get back into them, and especially with Doomsday Clock coming up, I kind of want to read of as much as I can of, of everything really because I know that they're you know Doomsday Clock is probably going to be accessible to to everyone I don't think there's going to be any kind of prior reading required um but at the same time I would like to I do want to reread Watchmen because uh, it's been it's been a good number of years since I read that in here um, man I wanted to read it last year because we started off our show talking about Watchmen um back with our zero episode with um DC Rebirth number one um, oh wow yeah and this is what it's all been leading to really so um it would be good to get back into that and um kieran shiak um i think it's not safe to say he's a friend of the show uh, he's been on the show before um uh, comics writer journalist um he is doing a new podcast um uh, all about watchmen um Oh, I heard about this. I have yes. not listened to it yet. But I heard I've it not listened to it yet. I have been um saving up to uh, working up to it actually because I've um I mean, I've had a lot of podcasts to listen to. I've been listening to the Adventure Zone um, all over again, um, but um, but yeah. So he does um, he does a Watchman podcast. I'm going to try and find the name of it now because uh, I want to be able to get it right. Um, but yeah, so he's diving into it, um, and he's going to be uh, he's working through it. Um, it is called Under the Hood. Um, oh, I like if it. You search for at Under the Hood Pod. Um, it's um, um, diving into it is is right because every single episode is a page from Watchmen, so he's diving into it. That he's doing it with, admirable. Yeah, he's doing it with um, a co-host, uh, the um, creator of Strip Panel Naked and Panel um, Panel by Panel dot com. Uh, I'm definitely going to butcher his name, Hassan uh, Otsmain Alhau. Um, so really good. Uh, so if you follow um, at Under the Hood Pod on Twitter, you can uh, you can find links to it there. Um, but yeah, very cool. Um, but um, but yeah, so we digress anyway. Um, rest in peace, uh, Len Wein. Uh, thoughts are with um, his family and friends, uh, obviously at mm-hmm. this time. Um, and it's um, it sounds like a good idea to um, kind of start reading, uh, dive into his Blue Beetle run as a way of uh, as a way of honouring him. And Greg Pak put a thing on Twitter. He said, if you have a comic creator you like, send, send them a tweet. Tell yeah. them you like their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good, uh, that's a good way to... Uh, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a little bit less shy about that. Like, mm-hmm. it's going, dude, like, yeah, I, like, you know what? And it's like, you know what? Yeah, I like your stuff. You do great work. And thank you. And and it's, it's sort of like... and. It's like it's one of the things. Like, yeah, I mean, even in, and you know, nine times out of ten, you'll probably get a response. Mm-hmm. You'll probably get a like, or you'll probably get them saying, "Thank you so much for reading my stuff." So, yeah. so yeah, and it's sort of one of the things when someone, especially like that, especially like Len dies, you think to yourself, "Wow, I yeah, I should have really taken that chance to give them a thank you so much for being such a part of my little comic reading universe." So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. like, definitely. So yeah, it's just like one of the things where you just go, yeah. So if you got someone out there that you ca- you really like, give them a 
give them a quick message saying on Twitter saying, hey, I like your stuff. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so a strange thing happened to me today. Well, it didn't happen happened? to me exactly, but um, kind of um, tangentially happened to me. Um, Dan Sloss was in my local comic book store. Really? Yeah, uh, which is even stranger, seen as the fact that, you know, you might have guessed from the accent, but I'm in England, so I wasn't expecting Dan Slot to be uh, anywhere near the UK, but um, apparently he's over here for um, for reasons unknown, um, unknown to me anyway. Um, but yeah, well, my local comic store, um, Nostalgia and Comics in Birmingham, um, tweeted out a photo, um, they're... Um, yeah, one of their one of their uh, the people that work there um, who I follow on Twitter. He follows me, Dave, um, Surfer Dave, uh, named after Silver Surfer. So it's uh, appropriate that he gets a photo with um, with Dan Slot. Um, yeah, tweeted out a photo that he was there, and, and um, it's really cool. You know, it's good that he's uh, he popped into the local store, got his picture taken. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was really interesting. I just looked at it. I had to do a double take, and I was like, Dan Slot was in my local comic store. Um, Is Wait, what? Yeah. Really? Um, very strange, but um, but yeah, if you want to see the photo, head on over to at Nostalgia Comics uh, on Twitter. You can see that they tweeted out the picture um, as well, so that's uh, very strange. But they do yeah. uh, they do have quite a few people um, in the store. They do get um, they do get quite a lot of um, quite a lot of people swinging by doing signings, things like that. Like who? Like who else has ever been? Who's popped in there? Um, they've had um a few people in the past. They've had um. Oh, I want to make sure I get the name right. I remember years and years ago. Um, the uh, let's see if I can get his name right. Um, they've had regular signings of people uh, coming in. Uh, I don't know of anyone that's just kind of dropped by before. Um, but um, I've definitely been to um, Brian Talbot. Um, he wrote oh, um, Alice in Sunderland and a few other, um, you know, multiple other works. Um, but um, but yeah, he was there signing Alice in Sunderland, and I um, I'd never heard of it before, and um, mm-hmm. and I picked up a copy of it, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was a lot younger back then, um, and um, yeah, so it was over. Well, it was when did Alice in Sunderland come out? About two thousand, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, he um, yeah, it's about there. Yeah, and so that was uh, ten years ago now. So I was you know a lot younger in my comics reading experience. I'd kind of just dived into you know, Marvel and X Men exclusively, pretty much some image work and stuff like that. Um, and so to read something like that was uh, was brilliant, you know. So um, and he was uh, he was at the store doing signings and um, picked that up. Um, you know, met him, um, and that was that was it really. Didn't really think anything of it because he wasn't really anyone I'd I'd had on my radar before then. But um, but since then I dived into his stuff and he, that introduced me to a lot of other work as well. Really. So um, so yeah, it was really good. And it's uh, it's not I put on Twitter as well that it's not exactly my local store anymore because I I can't don't actually know how far away. I live from it now. I don't live in Birmingham anymore. I live in Warwickshire, um, but um, I used to live just a five-minute walk from there. Um, used to live in the town centre. Used to walk down to the shop, um, and um, ever since I was a little kid, you know, f- well, when I was like fourteen, fifteen, I'd go into the comic shop, and they've got massive, um, massive, massive posters on the wall of Terminator Two and Batman Returns. And by massive, I mean kind of like 
a story high and like uh, impressive uh, use it as wallpaper basically the entire back of the the entire back of the shop is batman returns and the entire right hand side is terminator 2 and i remember going in there and kind of looking up at that and just being absolutely 100 percent kind of just sold on, on comics and geek culture from then on um and um you know picked up all my local comics from there or, or my you know kind of single issues from there that was where you know, I, I bit as a, was able to get all the comics I wanted to get, and um, and yeah, it's it's really cool. So yeah, um, Dan Dan Slot was in there, and that was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, so, so cool. Yeah, I'll tell you the randomest aside, like in in one of those moments where you kind of you kind of realize the simplest, like kind of like how how in how neat how how many aspects of surprises like you can run into in, like in the most random places, and here like. I'm not sure if they have like here in the, if we have a we have a chain of restaurants Chili's. I happened to be at a Chili's <laughs> last and last night, and and the waitress and something the waitress I had she had I just noticed I was looking at her arm. I happened to catch a glimpse of her arm and she had and I saw Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service on her. I'm like, oh wow! Wait, <laughs> yeah she. And then I looked down like she has a full sleeve of Studio Ghibli. Wow, that's cool. Oh my lord. She had like the she had like the lady from she had like a she had like a thing from Howl's Moving Castle on there. She had a thing Keys Delivery Service. She had like she had this just massive. She probably had more. I couldn't sleep because see because of her chili's uni- because of her has like on the sleeve on the sleeve on her shoulder because she had her chili's uniform. Yeah. And and also was busy. I didn't want to ask like can I see what other characters? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Busy as But I said, but it was funny. I always like, ask her. I'm like, by the way. Nice Ghibli sleeve. She was like, she, she, her, I've never seen her, eye, i never seen one girl's eyes, but she was like, oh, you, you know? <laughs> she, she had this look up and I was like, she was like, I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm like, thank God, that's awesome. And she was like, wow, no, very few people ever catch that. I'm impressed. Oh, that's cool. And, and suddenly, and suddenly my, and suddenly my service became, she became very much, she was like, oh, wow. And, and and then I started making reference to it. And it's like, well, like, and I, I made kind of like fun, like I made like one little other reference to the sleeve, and she was just like, hey, she was just, she was like, this is so cool. Somebody <laughs> really knows my my tattoos. I'm like, dude, this is like, I'm I'm old. Like, Ghibli is like, like I haven't watched all of like all of these Studio Ghibli works, like mm-hmm. Miyazaki stuff and all the other people involved in it, but. But I've seen my fair share of it, and I and seeing someone like that, especially that level of fandom, I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah, that is I the coolest freaking thing. Yeah, I love and, I love tattoos, like full sleeve tattoos, like of you know, especially of geek stuff or stuff that I love, like that kind of that level of dedication, as you say, is awesome. That was, and I, she had another sleeve of tattoos on the other her other arm. I was like, going, holy crap! I didn't get a chance to get a good look at that one, but I just I haven't taken a look. The Miyazaki. The, the Ghibli sleeve was the one that made me go, dang. Yeah, I bet that looked good. That's too. cool. Got such uh, iconic characters as well. That would be really good. You just noticed that. You're like, wow, that is neat. <laughs> and and, and that will crack me up. Like, I'm going to remember that girl. I don't, I don't, I cannot remember her name for the life of me, but I, I, that sleeve will like live with me. It's like, if I ever ran into her, I'm like, that, you had the cool sleeve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. God help me, I'm probably am. That's probably gonna remember her. I was like, "You're the Ghibli girl." <laughs> yeah. God help me, if I ever run into her again, I am gonna end up calling her the Ghibli girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she's. Uh, I'm sure she's be all right with that. She's like, "Oh Lord, Ghibli sleeve." <laughs> like you're the Ghibli girl. 
<laughs> I just I just thought that was a cute story. I mean, I haven't run into any creators recently, but I just thought that story was though outside of the hilarity of of my chat with Colin Bunn and Monsters Unleashed, I'm not sure we got into the last episode, but it's like it taking up talking to creators and like basically not being afraid to message creators and basically telling like dude because yeah, you got it. It's really funny to see Colin's reaction to that. People going, "Wow!" It's like Monsters Unleashed came out. He was having a ball with like me talking about that book. Like that is so cool. It's like like hope you get a kick out. Like I really do get a kick yeah. out of that. That is neat. You're not gonna think it is. And it's such a small he thought world, that was you know the comics community. It it and it really is like considering the thing about Twitter. These creators are on Twitter. Mm-hmm. If you really want to. You can say, hey, I like your stuff at any given time of the day. Yeah. Like, and you can just mess with me. Hey, I like your stuff. And because it's, this is the thing. It's like, like, like you people, they think, oh, like, well, I, I'm not writing an article for a website. Like, dude, just say, hey, yeah, yeah. just say, hey, I like your stuff. You would be surprised if as long as you're just like, like, hey, I really like your stuff. And as long as you're very, very, like, very respectful and very, basically just don't be a dick. Yeah don't be a jerk then you're fine yeah. they will likely you will pretty there's a good chance you'll probably get a response yeah yeah nine eight eight to nine times out of ten like you'll be you have a good chance you'll probably get something like saying oh thank you so much taking this just taking a quick second to say hey that's cool yeah. and no so it's, it's one of those things where like you they might just like your tweet or they might not like they might not interact with it in any way but it doesn't mean they haven't seen it it doesn't mean they, they, it doesn't exactly. they appreciate it you know they don't reaching out to them and saying a nice thing to them doesn't um you know, they don't owe you a reply for that but at the same time you know it's it's it's, it's lovely when it happens you know and and I, hell i'd like it i'd like it if people reached out to to me to us to the show you know we always appreciate it when people say you know hey like the light like we did and if, if anyone like trust me that last episode we did that was like sort of like that was sort of like the one episode I was the most exciting episode, and the one I was like going, "What are people gonna say?" Because mm. I was legit curious. It's like because that was like the most inside baseball. That last bit of our episode was like the most inside baseball podcast. You and I, like that was just going like us just going. Yeah, we just kind of went for it, and we just said, "See what happens." Yeah. Also, I caught your editing of that episode, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> like, why are they gonna? Think yeah, no. And I was I, laughing. I thought that was funny because, like, we did record like quite a little bit of of chatter after the episode, um, and I forgot that we'd even done that. I forgot that I'd even kind of left it running, and so I was listening to it, and I was like, "Oh, there's a couple of like couple of fun." like kind of snippets i can i can use and there is yeah so i took a couple of those snippets out of like after after we'd stopped recording i was just like oh i'm gonna have to use some of this because normally it just kind of is us going okay good show see you later you know and i normally just delete that but um but it was fun to kind of have that little bit of conversation i was like oh i'm gonna have to put a little bit of that in there as well we were wired (laughs) we were we were kind of wired like i was like Usually you just get go to sleep. Like no, it's like Matt. Okay, we gotta get this done. It's like no, we were just wired. We were just ready to do. We, holy crap, we just kind of did a thing that we don't do. We just kind of let the filter down and see what happens because, and the couple that did comment to us were actually kind of like, wow, you guys just started talking. It's like, dude, yeah, yeah. It was sort of like the episode of two people who got really, who got who got over just like who got over a near summer of being really burnt 
out. Mm. And then we start realizing, hey, you know what? Comics are okay, aren't they? Yeah, they are okay. They're really cool. <laughs> That's exactly Holy what crap. it was. That's exactly what it was. It felt like... The comics um, are... It felt like we'd a mixture of two things, like like it was a mixture of Secret Empire being quite a, um, you know, intentionally quite a grim and quite an oppressive comic book, um, and just kind of coming out the other side of that. And also, it was a case of because we wanted to review it so thoroughly, because we like we dived into it so thoroughly, we had to dive into all of the backlash, all of the. Um, you know, conversation that people were having about it, and it, it, you know, it's safe to say that it did not bring out a good side of comics Twitter at all. Um, you know, which we talked about last week. So if you, you know, if you want to dive into that kind of concept and that idea, you know, go back and listen to last week's episode. We are, we are really proud of it. We're really proud of the uh, the conversation that we had. It's um, a Secret Empire rap party that we did, um, just to kind of put a put a put a tie bow onto the uh, onto the top of. Um, the Secret Empire coverage that we we kind of dropped off on um, a little bit, but um, we did. But you know, but but that, but that kind I, of I feel like we because of that because of our kind of um, deep dive into it because it kind of felt like gave us a bit of a burnout. It was it felt nice to just be chatting about comics again. Um, it was so nice. <laughs> I mean, and it was funny because I I almost felt like like a lot of times like at from time to time this I was just. There, there's a song, it's a very, it's kind of obscured song that came out back in, it actually came out back in 84. And the only reason why I first heard about it, it's called, it's called The World May Not Like Me, but the most notorious part of the song is, is, um, by the way, we, we have swore on this show before, so if anyone gets offended, sorry about this now, but the, the big part of the song is, fuck everybody. <laughs> and, and that's how sometimes I felt this, like, Y'all, y'all get on my nerves, man. Mm. And and but the only reason why the funny part of how I heard about this song was um back in the eighties um back in the eighties um like back in the the hate in the height of the of wrestling being really scary popular in the eighties and they did a wrestling album and Roddy Piper did a cover of the song because and they can't use the f word in in a uh, cover of a song, so he called it For Everybody. Right, right. Like, For Everybody. I'm like, wait. So he's <laughs> just doing the same message there. And I'll have to send you a link to the song later yeah, yeah. Of, of the song that I actually found. I was like, I had to fight it. It's just like, oh God, I can't, I can't believe it. That's hilarious that this song actually, it's, it's just this weird song from the 80s and it is the most descriptive song of just <laughs> sheer you all like yeah. like yeah it's like the sheer like oh fuck everybody man <laughs> and if everybody and that's yeah. and that and that is how it it's kind of like how i felt from time to time and that sucks to admit it's like it's like it's sort of like that podcast is me getting that all i like i told people like i said that podcast was therapy. It did feel a little bit of relief after having the having the conversation. I think it kind of got a lot of got a lot of it out there, really. And I think we it, it, we needed to have that kind of post mortem of of Secret Empire and about of of the whole um, everything that surrounded Secret Empire. So yeah, it was good. Because it, it was it was good, but I think it can kind of show. And and by the way, everybody, yes. We know Secret Empire Omega comes out this week. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Um, it's still not over. Over. We, There's still like it's it, still kicking but, a little bit. But 
we like we'll we'll probably say a little something on it, but like we said that episode, mm. we will probably not go. We'll probably be like, you know what? Yeah, we'll just do one last haul of Secret Empire, and then we'll be, and then just a tie an even bigger bow on it, and just like, yeah, let's see what the heck they do with this goofy thing because it, it's. But did you see the? Preview? It's kind of neat because right now. What is Did it? you see the preview of um, Secret Empire Omega? Uh, a little. Yeah, there was a but... preview over on CBR, and it seems to be doing exactly what we we thought it was going to be, which was um, kind of acknowledging the state of play with Hydra Cap. Um, it looks like he's in like a super super max prison, and uh, looks like much like kind of Civil War: The Confession. Um, and Civil War II, The Confession, where you kind of have like a bit of a deconstruction uh, or like a conversation that kind of deconstructs the event and has like a bit of a debrief on it. It looks like this is, is going to be that, but with um, Steve Rogers and uh, Hydra Cap Steve Rogers. So This could be either one of those issues that's either going to be very inter- be interesting to see how they how they wrap this up, how in the world Nick Spencer gets to wrap this up, because... This thing been a ride. Mm. Well, I think there are certainly and... some um, there are some kind of subtle, like uh, character moments that got missed. That kind of due to the fact that it's such a massive event, they they got kind of washed over. Oh, yeah. Really, like the whole like I want to know what happened with Sharon Carter. Like nothing was said about that. Like she had this kind of the... you know abusive abusive like relationship kind of the worst possible thing like the yeah, worst how are we going to deal with that possibly hope for uh, you can possibly dread happen to her you know, relationship wise and there's no there was no conversation about it and and you know there wasn't really a place for it in the final issues of Secret Empire because it was such you know it was gearing up towards a massive finale but you know that's the kind of stuff that I think to to for, Steve, for Nick Spencer to get his run you know, right to, or you know, to kind of salvage um, his his own story out of such an epic event. I think he's got a he's got to tie that bow really, and I think maybe Omega's the the place for it. I don't know. And considering that soon enough, and it's like there's gonna be a lot that it's going, and that's what's interesting to me about about this. It's like now and now Marvel after this is all said and done, now Marvel can fully focus on can is now going to be able to fully focus on legacy because the first issue that comes out later this month yeah the, the first issue of the big legacy adventure the big one shot yep yeah. hits and we're gonna have to do and something about that's it, gonna um, that's gonna be fun big, big you, you know you and i are gonna have to do something <laughs> we're gonna with that crazy like yeah. not not the whole legacy thing because no oh no we're no 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 and plus it's, we're not it's doing not really a full legacy like thing, y'all. Yeah, no, it's not really a, a, that kind of story, is it? Really, it's more of a. But we'll a, talk the one shot. Yeah. We'll talk the one shot, y'all. We will talk that one shot. I, I actually, I still haven't got, I still haven't read it yet, though. But when you, but it was my my um one of my com- a comic store I went to actually had I actually found I found a copy of the uh, Wolverine Generations thing. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. And I have not read it yet, but I actually found. It. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I got heard this was really cool." I thought it was sold out everywhere, but lo and behold, I found a copy. Yeah, no, it's definitely, really, um, definitely one of my favorites cool. so far. Yeah, I'm like, that's cool. I, I did not think I would find that. That was neat. Find your next favorite comic at Shroud Media. We're different. Is the new normal. 
Shroud Media is a creator and publisher of independent comic books, featuring a diverse range of characters confronted with extraordinary circumstances. In Riven, a dark superhero science fiction, a hero rebels against a totalitarian regime led by his deadly alter ego. The supernatural action-adventure Reitzig pits a mute child soldier against his surrogate military family, forcing him to choose between murdering his surrogate mother or losing his sister forever. And an unlikely romance forms between two women after a near-death experience in the surreal action-adventure Samurai Gunslinger. All Shroud Media digital comic books and graphic novels are available on Comixology, iTunes, and Google Play for hassle-free reading on any device. Find Shroud Media on Facebook, at Shroud Media on Twitter, and ShroudMediaLLC.com. And then you have right now DC with their... Like, the neat thing about metal, and, and, we'll, and we'll be talking as a metal. Like, you guys can pretty much expect when we y'all... The y'all can pretty much know we're gonna be talking some metal. Yeah. We're gonna be talking some metal in the coming in the coming weeks because they're it's kicking off. Like it's kicking off and it's kicking off pretty dang good. I mean it's yeah. it's one of those books that I called it I called it to you. I said it's DC continuity porn. Oh, it, it is. absolutely is. It's it's so it's continuity porn. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's certainly not geared towards new readers i think new readers could get a kick out of it i think there's some massive like awesome massive moments like the kind of um, <laughs> justice league voltron in the first issue which was awesome Justice League um, voltron was cool and we've um we've been lucky enough to you know well we've read um the second issue of metal now as well which mm-hmm. is um, which is awesome um well i think everyone has it's come out now hasn't it um but um yeah so really good um and uh and yeah, so there's ju- it's just really kicking off in a major way. It's really um, exciting um, series, but yeah, it is it is heavy with continuity, isn't it? It's very heavy continuity. I think a new reader, like you said, a new reader can get a kick out, can have some fun with it. But even some of the readers that I know, some of the older fans out there, are even going, "Wait, where did wait wait like." When they were doing the uh, the forge and the and the casting, mm-hmm. the dark days uh, one shots, people were like trying to go, huh? Yeah, yeah. I had a few people have been saying some, huh? Where did this come from? <laughs> it's like, and the, and so yeah, I mean, I, I give I give everyone involved credit, like James Tinian and Snyder with the one shots, and now Snyder and and Snyder doing with the main metal series, not of to go continuity heavy and just going for yeah, it because really like kind of that's diving into some, stuff. that's that's some s- sincere like mm, we they just just gonna do it mm. just go for it see what happens see how crazy we can make yes. this see how we can use dc continuity in the weirdest ways possible and and yeah we know this is gonna be a very bat heavy event but Trust me, we got some surprises in for you peeps that you you're gonna be you're gonna be ready for yeah. that because I, mean, I could be completely wrong as well, but it feels as though the the setup for it is very continuity heavy. But you know, it once is. they start getting into kind of the the nightmare Batman and like the kind of the the invasion of the dark multiverse, I think that'll become more of a um more of a universal thing then because all of that's brand new. 
so I think it's you know they've oh. they've leaned into a lot of the um, the old continuity in, in a kind of in a way to kind of set it up, but then I think they're the the story itself is is just kind of going to take off on its own. Oh yeah, it's it's it on its own without knowing a lot of DC continuity. Mm-hmm. You're fi- it's like it it does hold up on its own, but if you know some of the stuff's going into it, you're like, oh yeah. holy crap, they're going into what? And DC, and I think that's what's interesting about how how it's op- like like they're showing like they've shown hints of like a bat like a bat doomsday. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like in one pre, and I just went, I saw that draw, and I was like, "Holy crap, they're gonna do a bat doomsday!" Yeah, yeah. There's, um... and then they're gonna do a bat. It's like, how many bat everything can we do? Yeah. In, in one ser- in one thing, and it, it's definitely one of these that I don't know how in the world, this is gonna ultimately end up coming together as a full series. But holy crap, this is gonna be fun to see what in the world Snyder does and and put it this way Greg Capullo drawing this thing is going to be pretty oh man the art is it looks good yeah oh my gosh it looks good metal one metal two brilliant gorgeous gorgeous books you know and I mean I'm wrong it's not out yet like as this show goes up um it will be it'll be out this coming Wednesday. So um, look out. Yeah, about this Wednesday. That's the reason why we're being very yeah, big. We have, we have read it because uh, we both get review but, copies, but um, it's uh, it's worth. Yeah, but we're being Vegas in because we technically it's like one thing. Yeah, it's like we we have review copies. We just can't, but we just really can't talk about much of it until until uh, until Wednesday. So we can't really. But yeah, it. Y'all, if y'all liked Metal Number One, you're all gonna really like yeah. Metal Number Two because you're gonna be like. It's it's strange that it's covered a time like for for us personally, like for me and you, where like we're kind of we're just discovering that you know comics can be comics can be good, and we you know we're just kind of rediscovering the the art of a good of a good comic book because I feel like this the is the art of fun. Yeah, the art of fun, and I think this is a fun, classic feeling, superhero comic book. It's. Um, it's really fun. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculously fun. It's, it's a crazy ride. And so far, I'm like, I don't know how in the world they're gonna do it, but, mm. but uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be something I can't wait. To, I will be like clamoring for a month after month, going, okay, I can't wait to see what they do. Yeah. This they're like, not leaning where this ends up. They're not going. leaning into nostalgia in any way. Like it is kind of. It feels no, like it's not nostalgia. Fresh. It feels like right on the cusp of brand new, you know. But at the same time, there's. I don't know whether it's the fact that there are a lot of callbacks to, to older comics or to comics that we, you know, we perhaps read as a kid or kind of even, you know, before that, even older than that. Or if it's the idea of it's just kind of the structure of the comic, like the, the fact that there is so many callbacks gets me excited to dive into other issues and it makes me feel it reminds me of those first issues like you know everyone says well you know you know it's a it's a well-known phrase in comics that you know everyone every every comic is someone's first comic um and like a lot of new comics these days are geared towards that idea they lean into that concept in a way that kind of um just um they they make it new reader friendly so they they you know so if it, if it's your first ever comic you don't need any previous backstory but it wasn't like that for me and you you know it, we you know not like kind of a back in the old days kind of thing but I I remember I just picked up random issues 
you know, just random issues of series. I just dove in, like dived in, just straight into, like you know, issue oh, two fifty-seven yeah, yeah. of something, and just kind of you just you you, you you kind of keep up as you go along, um, and that's how Dark Knight Metal feels. Like you know, there I haven't read half yeah. of the references that it's it's making to, especially DC because I don't have. Uh, I'd love to read a Marvel version of this because I'd actually know what it's going on about. Whereas with DC, I've got a lot of blind spots. So for me, it's very much like I feel like that that kid again that's picking up a comic that has this, such a rich history. Yeah, it's like it, it, you know, it's it's just it's just a very and like DC does have such a rich history that pretty much you can play in it for year, for mm-hmm. ages, and it's got so much you can dive into, and that's what Snyder is doing, yeah. and. And then just going, hey, Greg, have fun. <laughs> it's like, donuts, man. Like I just feel like he's like, like right, and, and, and at this point, uh, Challenger's Mountain is going to appear in the middle of Gotham. Uh, best of luck with that. And, uh, yeah, they're... Uh, and, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then it's like, and then, and then it's going to be all these Batman. And then, what? And then, yeah, it's going to look really cool. And, it's, and then, and then it's going to be, and, and, then, and then it's like, and then the first issue is like, oh, by the way, Jesse's going to be, and then Jesse, they, they could Voltron. Yeah, they go Voltron. And you do a Voltron yeah, thing. So yeah, just do that. Thanks. And, and that's cool. <laughs> You're going to get Voltron. That's cool. And I just almost think it's like these, it's like giving, it's like, the, it's pretty much their toy box. And so, and it's cool. Look at mm. that. Look, look at that. We're going to, we're going to, we're, we're doing this. This is cool. And it's like, and, and it's like, it's like, it's like two kids being let loose in a very large toy box. That's how metal feels yeah. like. Well, it's kind of like it's it's a tale of two different events of like Secret Empire was very kind of deep, like kind of brooding event thing that and it and then here's metal that's sort of like a giant a toy box event yeah. series. It's it's toy it, box. It is it's, kind of it's toy box the yeah. events. It's kind of like like the way I kind of felt like initially with uh, Avengers versus X Men. When I first read that, was Avengers vs X Men kind of had a toy box feel to it. Yeah, I quite liked Avengers vs X Men. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it's, once it's more like uh, once again it was kind of heroes versus heroes, which I think even back then I was a little bit kind of tired with. Like, God knows, you know, how <laughs> we've lasted another what four or five yeah. years of, of of superheroes versus superheroes. But but at the same time, yeah, that was um, especially the A AVX. Um, miniseries that followed oh, it um, that accompanied it which was just superhero battles which was like that kind of leaned into it in a good way you know kind of had just literally smashing the toys together and seeing what happened it was a toy box <laughs> series it's like the, the that AVX like the it's like yeah you know where all the fight scenes are they're yeah. in this book and it's like, what? yeah they're in yeah, it was this a weird book. approach to take and was it kind of like yeah, this fight is happening, but if you want to see more of that, go pick up this issue that's dedicated to that punch up. And <laughs> it's like, oh right, okay. So, so pretty much, you guys are not even hiding. You're just doing a giant. To- you're, we're just. This is just the toy box book. You guys want to just yeah, yeah. see toys smashing into each other. This is toys smashing <laughs> into each other. I mean, and yeah, there's some like dark. There's like some moments of like that was like the Professor X death series. That was where we had like the thing. But most of that series is just a giant. Toys, it's, it's just Jason Aaron got all these toys, and then the rest of the writers involved got all these toys, and it's like, okay, kids, guess what? What? You're gonna play with the toys however you like. Oh, boy! It feels, it feels yeah. like DC Comics, uh, it's been years since DC did that, 
you know they've had all these oh, yeah this has been the first time i've ever seen that level of energy yeah, yeah. in dc in a long yeah. time and, it, and it's a welcome relief like, really, for you know event. because i think um i mean i to be honest like i got into dc comics on a kind of monthly basis because of new 52 so you know the purpose of that event is obviously you know, the purpose of any reboot is to kind of wipe the slate clean and give and give new readers an in um, and to that degree for me personally it worked because it got me into the monthly issues and and got me kind of reading about characters on a regular basis that i had no knowledge of and so kind of wanting to dive back into older issues and and pick that up and as i said like i was, I was a marvel guy growing up and um, so you know, DC Comics was was kind of the other side of the of the pond for me, so I didn't really didn't really pay it much mind until until more, much more recently. But um, Marvel's you know. what, yeah, Marvel's what got me back yeah, in the yeah. comics, and and then and then New Fifty Two, New Fifty Two was one of the most unique mm-hmm. ideas too, because it had it had one of those I things where the heart was in the right place, and. And don't be, and I already know I would get shit for the you know, crap for this, but whatever. But the heart was in the right place. It was kind of a neat idea of just doing this massive like idea and just re like this sort of like reboot and just take it take the DC universe in a different direction and just and try something different. And it was and and it was an interesting idea. Now did they do everything right with it? No. Oh lord, that thing became a mess think, quick. Yeah, because it was sort of like by because they never really made it clear what was not in what was in what was not in DC continuity. They for everything they did right, they did something really wrong, and it just got messier along the way. Yeah. But you know, there's one thing too. I'm actually I've been right now reading um, uh, Demon Knights. Okay, the series that Paul Cornell and then Robert Venditti took over. I've heard of it. Yeah, did, took over by the. And I've been, and right now I'm reading Demon Knight. I just read the, I've read the first two volumes so far. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Cool. It's sort of like, it has like Etrigan Demon mm-hmm. and Madame Xanadu, Vandal Savage and Shiny yeah. Knight. That's and, so weird. I've been and it take, and it uses like a lot I've of like. I've been reading Kirby's Demon. I've been reading that original series. I read, um. Oh, the, yeah, you, so you've been on a Jack Kirby oh, adventure absolutely. yourself with yeah, that yeah, Demon. Yeah, I read the, read the Demon, read, um, I was reading. The new gods. We Multiversity did kind of a, 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 a retrospective of Kirby for the hundredth birthday, and so uh, they asked for kind of any any and all types of articles you want to write. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll do a I'll do a review of an issue of New Gods. Um, so I reviewed New Gods um, New Gods number six, the Glory Boat, um, and uh, read that, and that kind of just re-sparked my interest in Kirby. So yeah, I've been reading the Demon, um, which is funny because you mentioned uh, Demon Knights. But yeah, carry on. If you get a chance, I mean, it, it, so like so far, Demon Knights is really cool. But the one thing about Demon Knights is it's the one that's really out of print, and I don't even know how in the world. Like, I like to get my copy, the, the actually get like copies to read. I had to go through like find it through like three, like I think it, like it was like two different libraries in my uh, in the Ohio in Ohio to get these books. It was like because it was like uh, two were here. The third one's there. Okay, this is how this is gonna <laughs> roll because, and because I actually was like I was kind of wanting just to buy them, but they're out of print. Ooh, like, yeah, you can find them. Like, you're probably gonna be calling. Some of them are like, but they're all 
they're still. I think they're pretty reasonable to find. You also have to, go, you also have to prepare yourself for like third party, but they're they're out of print, but they're not impossible. Like some stuff's just out of print. You could luck finding it, but Demonites, it's out of print, but not impossible. And cool. And it's sort of like the reason I started reading Demonites because I was kind of curious to reading because the weird bit about Demonites is it ties into the first bit of Stormwatch that Cornell was doing because he was writing both. Uh, Demon Knights and um, Stormwatch at the ah, same the time. New 52. Ah, the so, New 52 when they were both tied in together. And, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in fear of Stormwatch because I hear Stormwatch goes really off the rails by the end. So I'm going, oh, I'm in for a yeah. trip with Stormwatch, aren't I? Demon Knights is sort of like, this is fun. Stormwatch. I've heard this gets really bad by the end, and I'm not sure what I'm in for, but... So you're doing that thing we we just talked about, which was you wanted to read one thing, but you decided to go back and read something else in the lead-up to it. Yep, it, I like I was like, oh, I'll read Stormwatch, and I, I kind of care if it's right, and then I'm like, wait, Demonites? Oh, cool, and that's how I'm reading Demonites, and I'm just, I'm loving Demonites right now, and and it's just, and I'll be curious because and, and that's what someone sounds like. I wish just had, we could have had more time with that book. I'm like, I think a lot of books in New 52, it's like Demon Knights and... Have you read The Movement? Uh, no, I've not read The Movement. Oh, dude. Gail Simone, one of, one of the most underrated series of the New 52 oh, is The Movement. Gail Simone, I love Gail Simone. It came out... It came out... It's kind of like about... The short version is about these kids are kind of like they're like in kind of like an underground sort of superhero squad, like kind of super. Well, not really super. I'm not going to do it justice. It's been a while since I read it. Read the two volumes, but it's a fascinating comic idea, and and it really and it is such a good story. And Gail Simone wrote the heck out of it, and and I think and but what happened was they came out. They what they did was they were doing this really weird rich versus poor, like idea with uh dc and how they remember like they had their they had like the green team versus the movement and they were setting up as like sort of like rich versus poor class warfare sort of weirdness promotion for this but and also the other series is actually pretty good the green team's actually pretty good uh the people who wrote uh tiny titans oh okay yeah 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 uh wrote uh green team very good series so another under very under underrated series too, actually, but it never got collected in trade. The Green Team never got collected in trade because the sales were so low on That's it. A shame, yeah. I'm just and, looking at it now, like. And so the Green, you can find Green Team on Comicsology, easy peasy. Yeah, you can find Green Team on Comicsology well, though. Go, it's yeah. all on there. And you can the thing you about can, Comicsology is like a lot of everything from the last like five, six, seven years is is pretty much on there, isn't it? Like it's on there. You can just it's, you can't buy you can't buy you can't buy an imprint trade, but you can at least yeah. buy the issue. So at least that much. But I think that was the thing and, about New Fifty Two. But, uh, like but the mo- kind of had it. It had a low. Obviously, it had Fifty Two. You know, to start with, uh, and it went expanded from there really as it cancelled issues. But like it, it threw everything to the wall. But I, I don't know whether it ever. It never. It never really. Generally speaking, like there were there were good issues, like as you say, like the movement sounds good, and and Snyder's um, Snyder and Capullo's Batman was, I mean, one of my favorite runs. Like love love that Batman. Yeah, that's that stuck. Uh, John's got to finish up his Green yeah. Lantern stuff. And New Fifty Two, because New Fifty Two was kind of weird because it's sort of like the only like some one of the things that actually still in continuity was um, Batman stuff. 
and uh, and and the Batman stuff and the uh, Green Lantern stuff are two of the things that yeah. were still in continuity, and and that gets really weird for people to realize. Like, wait, so Green Lantern's in continuity mm-hmm. still? Yeah, and and Batman, mm, yeah. Well, everything else, nope. Yeah, and it kind of just, and it, just it, it gets real and. And the reason why Green Lantern stuff remained in con- and the reason why Green Lantern stuff remained in continuity was because Jeff Johns was writing the book, and they weren't messing <laughs> yeah. with Jeff Johns. Like and, uh, Morrison, Grant and, Morrison uh, was still Bat- doing Batman Incorporated, I think, at that point. Yep, and they just put that yeah. in the too. They said, "Okay, yeah, it's in there. It's still in continuity." It's like, why is that still in continuity? Because Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's like so that's in continuity because mm. Grant Morrison. You think you're gonna argue with Grant? Do you want to argue Grant Morrison? Yeah. No. You think you're gonna let Grant Morrison keep that continuity? Yes, because it's kind of funny the stuff that and like everything else that <laughs> it's like stuff gets thrown to the wall. But the those, but like Green Lantern and Batman were the two things that never got messed with because those books had had top flight creators on them that no one was gonna mess with, and Snyder's. And Snyder's power at DC grew yeah. fast, and I think that's that's the thing with New Fifty Two. It kind and, of generally it, it it threw a lot of things out there, but it also I think it it missed the point. Uh, uh, it missed the point as much as kind of DC, you know, DC kind of history and DC comics and the what makes DC DC. Um, you know, to such a point that obviously yeah. Jeff Johns feels that way. So he's released. He, he you know, he's, he's he started this whole thing with Rebirth number one, um, and and in a way, uh, Metal kind of is the perfect realization of Rebirth's kind of ideal, isn't it? Really, which is, you know, to to dust off all this this old like stuff like Challenges of the Unknown. Um, you know, like a lot of Kirby New Gods stuff, um, you know, diving into the multiverse again. I think dusting off all these ideas, everything that makes, that is so quintessentially DC Comics and saying, look, yeah, there is a lot of it, but it's worth it. <laughs> you know, it's all there. And it, it's, it's. Yeah, because that's the thing about Rebirth. I think that was neat about Rebirth is Jeff John just went and I said, like, okay, we're just going to. Because he operated as kind of the showrunner of getting. Of getting all this stuff and all this plans together, and and metal was sort of like and metal like that another expansion of just getting all this using all the continuity like you said and just bringing it all to you. And I think that's like the new fifty two is like in theory something that could have been really cool, but it did not go the way anyone could have planned because it became something that could have been really cool and turned into well this guy this went off the rails really dang fast didn't it yes it yeah. did and it but there are some cool like i said the movement is one of those books from the 52 and now i'm adding demon knights to this of stuff that you should Ooh, go hunt down and going down the green team on comiXology you can download it in like hmm. minute and the movement it's now it's on comiXology too and you can also it is in print and if you don't like it and you can get it from and Likely, you, there's a pretty good chance your local library has the volumes. Oh, you might want to look it up, but you can also get on Comicsology. So, movement's really well worth it. Demon Knights, you can probably get from your local library, but it's now if you want trades of Demon Knights, like I think it's just really weird how they did it. They have it on Comicsology with Demon Knights because they have like volume one, no volume two. 
Volume 3. Strange. Don't ask me how that sorts out, but there we are. And then with, um, oh gosh, and then, and the, but Demonites, you can buy it, but the single issues, easy peasy. All the single issues are on there, so if you're going to buy Demonites, just buy the single issues and roll with it. So, yeah. so yeah, it's, but yeah, it's like New 52, it's like there's a lot of really neat gems mm. in the New 52 hidden yeah. within. There's a lot. Like, there's a lot and, underrated gems and that's why like that's why like like pretty much like and this we're not going with the obvious stuff like capullo snyder like snyder capullo batman and stuff like that but kind of like looking for the unobvious stuff that you're like really that's really good oh, yeah it's really good it's just got lost in the yeah, new 52 yeah. shuffle because everything got lost in the shelf there's a lot of stuff that got lost in new 52 that like even supergirls actually like supergirls actually a really solid the book new 52 supergirl Especially the, I would say the last bit of it, like, I would say like the Red Daughter, like like the Red Lantern Supergirl stuff, and they were doing was is really cool stuff that kind of got lost within, they got lost in a lot of other New Fifty Two stuff, and there's also, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but there's also a nice a last little bit at the end that that Supergirl is kind of like in this sort of like mini superhero like mini hero squad that had a lot of potential that kind of that was when the series ended up getting cancelled but it was a pretty that was actually pretty cool too but but yeah so like, it Supergirl's like another one of the books that just kind of yeah had so many different teams on it people were like wait they're still making it it's like yeah and now and now Supergirl's in a better place because of the fact that it actually has a consistent creative team that that's doing stuff that Steve Orlando's doing consistent creator and handling Supergirl right now and and so far, that's the thing about new about so far of rebirth is the fact that they've had consistent creative teams being able to keep a consistent course yeah. with it for the and, most and part. And with like creative teams like talking of, about um, DC Metal, like this seems to be a big push to put the artists in the forefront again, because um, they seem to be they seem to be focusing their drives after. Um, or not after metal, but as like an offshoot of metal, um, like things like the Terrifics and stuff like that. They seem to very much be focusing on the artists involved rather than the writers, which is um, which is fascinating. It, it's fascinating, and it's go- that's going to be interesting to see how yeah. that works out. That's going to be interesting because, but it's cause like, it seems like with the uh, the Dark Matter line, it has a very has a look to it already. Like when you see the poster that they released and how all this is like, they're all very striking in their mm-hmm. own unique way visually. But there's also so many cool ideas in there. So I'm like, we'll see how this goes. Cause I'm actually getting to see where in the world this goes because Dark Matter's that extra like expansion of what they're going to try with, with DC going forward. And it's part of that aftermath of metal. And, and I mean, heck, they're bringing back some stuff. I'm like, the Terrifics is going to be like that, but that's going to be the book. I think everyone's sort of like going, oh, that's going to be cool. They're not even hiding it. That it's been yeah. fantastic or riff. Not even. Not, I was going to say it. absolute rip off, but it's not a rip off because it's very rip off implies. It's not like, a rip off. Yeah, it's a homage. Intent or kind of ignorance, but like in, instead, it's it's willfully, you know, homaging and it, it's and, an homage. You know, basically. Saying to Marvel, look, if you don't want this concept, we'll pick up and run with it. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll do it. Um, I don't think it'll be long. We'll do it. I think either Terrifics will be really good 
and it will encourage Marvel to bring back uh, Fantastic Four. Or Legacy will just be the, one of the pur- one of the purposes of Legacy will be to bring back Fantastic Four. Because if you're talking about Marvel's Legacy, you need to acknowledge the Fantastic Four. So the fact that they're you know they're talking about a dramatic return in Marvel Legacy number one, which you know probably won't be what we expect. But my joke, uh, my joke was they were going to have Miracle Man come back with Fantastic Four and make it the Fantastic yeah. Five, just, and, and that was my joke. And I was getting and I and I still and I'm like I know it's I know it'll not happen as I know how they feel Fantastic mm. Four within Marvel, but still. It would make me laugh my head off for like you would hear my cackling from from the hills from everywhere across the world of me just going like I know this this could be ridiculously and stupid, but it makes me laugh my head off. That's Fantastic Four gets brought gets brought with Miracle Man and let's see how ridiculous we can make this. I, yeah, well, that was the only one we could think of, wasn't it? Well, that was the only one you could think of, like, like the idea of Miracle who else Man. could return, you know? Yeah, that's it. It's like there's not much else they could do. I mean, I mean, they're what is it they're doing? Um, like it's gotta find like right now. They're, like anything about Marvel Legacy is they're bringing back stuff like stuff that's like had these like these weird one shots soon. They're gonna be like doing a Darkhawk one shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Silver and, Stable, uh, Power Pack, uh, Power Pack um, um, uh, Shang Chi, um, mm-hmm. all these little one shots just to kind of like yeah yeah these won't be full series just little one shots catch up with some of these characters like. That's dedication. Yeah, that's yeah. some dedication that they're just doing these little ones. I just to see, like, yeah, it's legacy, it's Marvel legacy. So, sure, let's do it. I mean, mm. they're doing not brand Eck and and letting Nick Spencer do a very say they do a very crazy humor story involving Forkbush Man, the guy with a freaking pot yeah. pot on his head. Yeah, and it's, it's like a strange a very. <laughs> And very and freaking stovepot on his head. It's like, I don't it's freaking pan on his head. Like I don't know. They're just mm. they're doing it. They're gonna go for it. And I'm like, I admire this bit of lunacy weirdness. Let's see how far they can take it. So, so, so yeah. There's exciting things like DC. Uh, DC um, metal is is brilliant. It's like a a throwback in the best possible way. But it's also you know everything that's good about like modern superhero comics. Um, everything that's exciting, you know, everything to get you excited again, and you know, Marvel Legacy. I'm I'm excited for Marvel Legacy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I want to see how they do it. I really want to see it. I'm going in cautiously optimistic. I really want to know what, um, you know, what the, not what the purpose is, because I think we know what the purpose of of the Legacy initiative is. But you know, Marvel Legacy number one will kind of lay the the groundwork, and that will, um, give us the kind of the the map, um, moving forward of what to expect from from the big initiative and whether you know whether this is a thing that's going to stick or whether this will be you know whether this will be kind of a, a last hurrah before they dive back into number ones again i suppose i suppose the sales will will dictate that if people really relate to if people pick up on these you know legacy numbering and you know it kind of it drives a sales um spike and it kind of shows you know demonstrates that not everyone wants to read a brand new number one um, then, then brilliant. I think they'll be here to stay. But I think if they, if the opposite is true, I think if they don't see the sales numbers on Legacy as they would have done if they'd have just had all brand new number ones, then I think we'll 
we'll see a return to that. Um, mid next year is going to be number ones everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like Marvel Legacy for a few months, and then but the the sales aren't showing really well. Lower Marvel Legacy. Then guess what? The next initiative is kids. One 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 Screw um, the legacy numbers. One, 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 one. <laughs> it's like ones everywhere. <laughs> it's daft as well because, like the 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 legacy advertising has been, you know, pushing this idea of how did we get to this number? You know, like Thor is number seven hundred, and uh, Iron Man is like five nine five, I think it is. <laughs> and, and then they have these little posters for like how did we get there? And they kind of count count up all the different the different series, and some of them are just like ridiculous. How many times they've gone back to number one? Like Amazing Spider Man is at seven nine five, and it's it's just ridiculous because they've had like Amazing Spider Man uh, Volume One one to you know four hundred and twelve or whatever, and then Amazing Spider Man Volume Two one to eighty nine, and then Amazing Spider Man Volume Three one one to seven, and it's just like. Guys, and then is quit, superior, like and superiors count in that. Superior is counted in that, yes. So, yeah. so and which is good because that craziness. So I was yeah. like, well, okay, so let's superior in there. Yeah, it's weird because like Superior Spider-Man was counted in the Amazing Spider-Man run, um, but Superior Iron Man wasn't, and uh, Unworthy Thor isn't. Well, that is. Um, so they they kind of they pick and choose, but at the same time, I think unworthy Thor I understand because there is a Thor ongoing that is the counterpoint to that. So you know, you you're covering who the the real Thor is. You know, so in modern in modern comics, the real Thor is Jane Foster. So you know, it makes sense to cover those. Um, and but and Superior Spider Man came at a time when there was no Amazing Spider Man. Like Amazing Spider Man was cancelled for. Or superior Spider-Man to come through, so it does make sense, but it's still fascinating. But it just makes me laugh that you know the the whole legacy numbering is, you know, yeah, we're going back to these legacy numbers, and we're we're kind of this is our push. You know, we we respect the the history of Marvel Comics, all the while like advertising it by going by putting a hat on. You know, yeah, this is how many times we've rebooted. You know, this is this is our our maths. This is the heavy maths that we're having to props to, put to them together. For- for admitting how many freaking times they rebooted some of these series. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's like, how many yeah. times they rebooted this book? About seven times. What? Seven times. <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. Seven times, okay. That much. It's like, yeah. oh, man. That's something. So, yeah, I like I said, right now, it's like, like, like I'm rooting for Marvel because I'm rooting to see what Marvel does and rooting to see what they do with it. And I want to see what DC ends up and DC how went as they go on with metal and how crazy they end up going with it. And then soon enough we have Doomsday Clock, which is gonna see how long yeah. it's like they're gonna have metal, they're gonna finish, they'll be wrapping up metal in the midst of as Doomsday Clock starting up. And that's gonna be fun to see where either one of those end up going. Like metal's yeah. gonna be the crazy adventure and Doomsday Clock's gonna be the the sort of interesting look into just how much the Watchmen have had to do with the craziness within DC. Yeah. And mental. And that, good lord. And we'll dive into that as well. Probably, it, um, you know, it, I don't want to dive into it as much as we did dived into, dived into we'll anything. We'll talk about past, it. We'll definitely talk about it. Because put it this way, I, I love that, I love when people, when they saw the Rorschach cover and, yes, uh, that they're yeah. doing, that they did for, um, for Doomsday Clock. I love everyone went, ah! 
Yeah, yeah lost there. <sighs> and the, and then, the picture of Batman reading Rorschach's journal, and and, and then the bat, but then the tri- uh, like the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Trinity, all showing on the, uh, all showing on the um, Rorschach's Rorschach. uh, mask, and I just, I loved seeing them going, people going, scream, <laughs> and it's yeah. like you see like. You can see like the like the face of like the like the screaming like the screaming picture of ah no you're messy with sacred cows I'm like guys yeah. Watchmen isn't a sacred cow anymore <laughs> it sorry is, um, it, it's not it's, yeah it, it, a lot of people love love Watchmen and rightly so you know it is so oh yeah cool. rightly it's is formative foundational but um. For me, it's I'm not I'm not that precious about it. I'm interested in a good story. If they tell a good story, brilliant. Uh, I don't think you know, you know, the cynical side of it is that it's going to be, you know, it's a blatant kind of sensationalist kind of headline. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I like the the spirit of DC Rebirth so far. I've really enjoyed everything that they've done. And even if Doomsday Clock ends up being kind of a bef- more like before Watchmen than actually like Watchmen. Then I still think that the initiative, that the the push, the stories that have come out of this um, rebirth have been absolutely have been worth it, you know. And I think metal alone so far is strong enough oh. to, to be able to carry any yes. kind of doomsday clock that comes along. So, I I think, but I think doomsday clock, I think this is sort of like Jeff Johns going, oh no, I'm going for it, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's like trust me, I, he's promised, I am not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we've um, we've covered all that. One final thing uh, I want, uh, I think we should talk about before we wrap up the show is um, Scales and Scoundrels number oh, one yeah. that came out. Um, because just before the show started, we realised that we, uh, much like we seem to always do, um, both me and Wes have um, reviewed, written something. Uh, written, written something about it. Um, I've written a review for Multiversity. Uh, Wes um, wrote down his thoughts on Geekulanded.com. On my Geekulanded. Um, but, um, yeah, Scales and Scoundrels number one um, came out um, this last week. Um, it's from Image Comics. Um, it's um, written by Sebastian Gurner uh, of Shirtless Bear Fighter fame. Yes. Uh, so if you're a fan of that, um, this is uh, worth picking up. Di- completely different book, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, art by uh, Galad. And letters and design by That's Jeff good. Powell. Um, what um, I mean, I've, I've I've read your thoughts, but um, but what um, what made you want to write something about scales and scoundrels? Here's what was funny about that. And you read the you read the review, quasi review, quasi me kind of having a nerd out. But <laughs> it the way I look at it, like I didn't realize it was by the shirtless bear fighter person until the writer shirt, and then I went. Wait, who? Ooh, bear fighter. Yeah, it's okay, mine now. And because, because it's and because it's funny. Uh, like I tell people, like go go. It was funny. Like Charlie's bear fighter was one of my was one of probably one like those three issues are bear fighter rares from my some of my favorite. Like some of the three, like just not like beyond belief craziest comics that are just so much fun. And it's kind of interesting because. Scales and Scoundrels has that kind of same vibe. Mm. That that same kind of yes, it's crazy, yes, but it has that sort of but it's also very much it's a it's a little more grounded, but still very funny. Yeah. And also 
I love that I love that it's being pitched as an all ages story. So like if you ever wanted a neat way to get a kid to check out a comic, get it, have a you have a kid or you're like hey, I wouldn't mind having to check out a comic. Like, Scale Scoundrels. Oh, Scale that, Scoundrels is absolutely the way it's, to do that. Yeah, it's like a kid can just like you have a kid and like ooh, because the art for one thing, it's the book has such a neat look to it because mm. Galad's art is so freaking. It's a gorgeous, freaking gorgeous pretty. book, isn't it? Yeah, it's gorgeous to look at. I mean, I, I I always admire an artist who can handle who does pretty much everything. It's like it's like. It's like, oh, that's like, oh, so it's they're handling, they, so the artist is handling the art, handling the color. It's like the art is like coloring everything. They're doing it all, and like the only thing the person didn't do was the lettering. Yeah, and and it's like, wow, that's 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 admirable. That's awesome. And excuse me, and it's a very good book, mm-hmm. and it's very cool to see how. And that's, I think what's kind of neat about it is how much life is in this comic because it's like, it's like, it's a, uh, it's kind of like the, the, like the lead character, um, I actually have your review up to remind me, of, I, I love Luvander. She's yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool. There's more to her as well. Like, I've got a sneaking suspicion she's, um, you know, she's very kind of linked in with, uh, like dragons and things like that. I yeah, so it's like these, the, what is it, the, um, the all oh, this there's this thing the ooth ooth there ah the I I have the issue close to <laughs> yeah let me bring the issue up there. but I have it I actually Let's see that I have the thing mm-hmm. the uh gosh that's funny it's it is. Oh yeah, the the Erden. Ah yeah yeah. Ah yeah. Because they make the, they kind of show hints of like dragons and they show like fire in the book and then you're like going, huh? How are they gonna? How is this gonna play out? Yeah. And you're you're like trying to figure out. It's like hmm okay. And also I do I did love the card game. Yeah, the card game at the beginning yeah, was fun. I want to play card that card game. Oh. That play I still really want to play that game because. <laughs> Like it's kind of funny. Like I like I read like I, I took a look at your review before we started, and and it's kind of cool because you basically we more or less it's kind of like you're a little like we're kind of like I guess funny like when you mentioned like the I loved how you described Luvander as a a well dressed wanderer with a mix of European and manga influences to her style. I'm like yeah, that's fit that that works. Yeah, and yeah. the lads art really really captures that. It's, it's got, and I, I love that, and, and I love that art style, that, and it, because the art has a very, very, like, it's, it does have, like I said, it very, it has a very, almost like kind of watercolorish. Yeah. Like, very nice color, like very, kind of, it kind of feels like, it has like a very paint, it kind of has like a very, like watercolor kind of slight painted look to it. Yeah. Like, the way Galat did the art. It's like it, it did the coloring to it. It's very much like a. It does kind of feel like it just have that kind of like painted look to it, and it looks. It's really it's a gorgeous book. It's gorgeous. Like, a, a, like really bright, vibrant kind of colors. And There's like a double page spread showing off like Lavanda's like she has a kind of vision, um, and it, it 
it gives loads of hints, I think, of what's to come in the series. Um, she knows what she wants. Um, yeah, and she's this kind of, um, you know, it, it kind of centres around her as this uh, kind of wandering nomad kind of, like, little bit of a hustler, kind of con man um, kind of aspect to her. Um, and, but it's, there's, like in all good, in all good kind of adventure stories, really, it starts off with this small kind of interaction uh, or this kind of small world that she 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 lives in this small kind of pond she swims in um but it's it's about to kind of open up and it's about to expand and her destiny is kind of waiting around the corner for her um and i just i just thought it was brilliant we you know we talked about how you know we're getting excited for comics again it, it's books like this mm-hmm. that get me excited for comics you know, because oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, an, it's an all ages book. It's a, it's an adventure series. It reminds me of Bone, uh, Jeff Smith's Bone, in that kind of sense. Yeah, and, you know, the, I did not think about that. But yeah, Bone. Yeah, I love Bone. It, yeah, I love Bone. And it's just this idea of like uh, the small characters in a big world that are like just about to kind of they're on the cusp of this massive adventure, and um, and it feels like that, and it does feel like that. That's just yeah, because it's interesting how Bone had has a similar structure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because Bone has a similar structure to it. Is it's like it kind of starts off deceptively small, and then the world grows exponentially bigger. Yeah, yeah. And Galad, and did you, if you did you read the back matter, how far ahead Galad's. Yeah, like six or seven issues or something. Six, seven issues. That's so crazy. that's that. They're yeah. That's it's good. It's rocking and rolling. It is. Mm. It is ready. So I, I think we need a new kind of ongoing all ages adventure book. I mean, there's Lumberjanes, you know, obviously, and there's 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 others that are out there as well, you know, but um, but I think like a kind of a high fantasy adventure series for you know for anyone to pick up and read. Um, is is brilliant, and I think um, Scales and Scoundrels is is definitely something that you know. If you, if you hadn't guessed, comes highly recommended from us. So um, you should definitely uh, it, definitely pick it up. Pick it up. It's it's really it's fun. If if any of you guys, any of y'all out there that have kids that are kind of like or have kids or like have a nephew, niece, or heck, some or somebody go hey, or like you have. Or heck, if you're a teacher, like looking for your looking for something to recommend your kids to check out, they're curious, curious about something to read. That's scale scoundrels. Something you could easily go, hey, yeah. give a kid this book. They might they might get curious about checking out more comics and then more books. And from there, I mean, it's just one of those neat little books that you just go, huh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it's it's just one of those books you just go, wow, that's really cool. And like I said, it's like adult me really likes this book, but. I was thinking about, I always think about, like, something like, but if, like, say, me, when I was a child, discovery a book like this, yeah. holy crap, That's I would exactly. be like, yes, oh, this is so cool. And it's like, and I'd be like, and it's like, and I'd be like, like, and then mom, and then dad, and this is, and then there's, like, fire, and then she has these really cool fights, and she's really cool. I really like her. I want, I want more. And... Yeah, this is that. That's me doing me as a little ch- as a child. <laughs> oh, I got that. Yeah, it's good. Oh boy! <laughs> yes, that was me as a kid. <laughs> wow, it's like going back in time. <laughs> it's going back in time. Um, but yeah, I think that's. Um, I think that's it for the show for this week. Um, I think we've. Um, um, we've gone off on enough tangents for now. I think we've. Um, mm-hmm. 
we've uh, we've addressed uh, a couple of issues. We've talked about some cool comics, and we've uh, we've mourned the passing of uh, of Len Wein uh, once again. Um, kind of rest in peace, uh, Len. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, so if you want to reach out to the show, please do. Um, we always love your thoughts, especially with this kind of slightly new direction that we're going in. Um, we have got some guests lined up. Um, I've got to talk to you actually. Uh, we have had someone. Uh, I've had someone approach me about coming on the show, so we'll talk about that after. But. Um, Really? Yeah, it's exciting. But um, cool. But yeah, so we've got we've got guests coming up. We've got um, we want to kind of keep the train rolling a little bit. Try and keep the momentum going with uh, with issues with episodes. So um, you know, get in touch. Let us know what your thoughts. Uh, we are at at that's the issue on Twitter. Um, we are that's the issue podcast at gmail dot com. If you want to reach out to us, um, I'm Matt Loon on Twitter at Matt Loon L U N E. Um, and uh, where's what about you? Where can they find you? I am at Geek Who Landed on Twitter. Easy to find. Very easy to find. Mm-hmm. Feel free to message me anytime. Either one of us. We're always happy to talk to you. Yeah, cool. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. Um, that's the issue podcast on Facebook, um, which we don't talk about very often, but there we go. It is there. Um, and the show goes up on um, awesomesourcecomics.com. Um, that's S O U R C E. Um, that's my blog, and it goes up on um, it goes up on your blog as well. Uh, the last episode did anyway. Yep, I actually Geekulanded.com. I'll put up on my on my blog at Geekulanded. Is it is Geekulanded? Sorry, blah, blah, blah. it's Geekulanded.com. I've been I put it up on there after I hilariously figured out how the how easy it was to embed the gosh darn thing. <laughs> yeah, that is really so, fun, isn't it? Um, it was really. It's like how do like I thought I had to put up a code. Nope, you just put the. I was like I was like I just put the. Man, that's easy. Yeah, it's even easier. And, like, so, and it's like similar to how I put up YouTube videos on WordPress. So yeah, so yeah, kids. Sometimes it's not as complicated as you think. <laughs> and that is a good point to end on. Um, but thanks for joining us again. And um, as I say, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Later. Xmas. Do, 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 do.